there's so much more to the role that that goes sort of unnoticed and there's a lot of things and this is why I love the goalkeeping position is because there's a lot of skills that you learn by being a goalkeeper or in the position of a goalkeeper that actually help you with life um, in general um, you know and they help you with leadership they help you with social settings they help you in all of these um, different areas of life because you're practicing same sort of skills. That was Brody Sams, goalkeeper coach for NWSL's Gotham FC, talking about all the amazing parallels between excelling as a goalkeeper and excelling in life. And I'm Julian Dietz, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. In this episode, we're talking to Brody Sands of Gotham FC, and while I had originally envisioned this to be a conversation about goalkeeping, it became a wonderful exercise in exploring new ways to think about the game, using your soccer experience to build important life skills, and believing that you can achieve anything you set your mind to. Throughout the conversation, Brody was so insightful as he talked about his own journey and his approach to soccer, and the ultimate result was a conversation absolutely full of great advice for players and coaches of any position. But you don't have to take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? I agree, and he even gave me some great tips on how to score more goals as a forward. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Brody. We've been wanting to do a goalkeeping episode from the very beginning, and to have the opportunity to speak to a professional-level goalkeeper coach is just amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm really, uh, really excited to be here. So before we dive into the goalkeeping side of things, I just want to congratulate you on your home, uh, your home country's you know, amazing World Cup that they're hosting, and they just made it out of the group stage, um, going on to the next round. Um, how does that make you feel? I mean, I'm obviously stoked for the Aussies to get through. Uh, I know a few, a few of the players I grew up with, um, and even some of the staff, to see them progress while being in front of the home fans is something special. Selfishly, I'm a bit disappointed that I can't be there to see yeah. a World Cup in my own home country, but the, it's, it's definitely not about that. I think the event that they're putting on for the world is special, and I think um, the stage that everyone gets to sort of express themselves is is special. And I think it's a special World Cup, and it's a special time in women's football. So it's it's all of those things coming together, and I think it's um, you know I'm just lucky that it gets to be in Australia and that I get to call Australia home. Yeah, it's amazing. I have to say one of my favorite uh, memories as a player was in college, we went to New Zealand and Australia to play. Um, we had a, a few players from New Zealand that were on our team. And just like the how welcoming everyone was when we visited in the summer, we played, you know, three or four games um, in each country. And it just 
Australia was so incredibly beautiful and everyone was just so friendly and kind. Like as soon as I heard that the World Cup was going to be there, I was like, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be amazing. And um, and I know their their women's program has been so strong and such a positive representation in the women's league. So I just think it's it's fabulous. Yeah, it's, it is definitely really cool. And it's also good that the uh, the U.S. national team got through this morning as well. Yes, we uh, we watched it when we when we got up. We we rushed. That was the first thing we did. I don't even think we brushed <laughs> our teeth first, right? No, we just Fair watched enough. the game. So we were excited that they got through. So um, we had, you know, we usually like to start with finding out a little bit about our guests' own journey um, playing soccer. And so I was wondering if you could share a little bit of that with us. Absolutely. Um, I mean, similarly to you, uh, I got found out pretty soon uh with my height i'm fairly short but uh so i played for about 10 years i started when i was 11 um and then when i played i just fell in love with it uh i'd come from the australian sports or more australian sports of cricket and rugby mm-hmm. um before i got into soccer and you know th- in those sports there's you know, throwing a ball catching a ball kicking a ball doing all of those things uh and then the closest thing when all of my mates decided to play soccer to jump in goals uh you know i dive around kick a ball throw a ball and and that was uh that was what i could do i wasn't as fancy with my footwork as the, a lot of the outfield players were and i also didn't like running so i stayed in the goals <laughs> and i didn't sort of go out of there I, I really enjoyed it and then that that sort of passion transitioned into coaching once i learned what coaching was so how long were you on the playing side of the game before you moved into coaching I started when I was 11 um, and yeah, I finished early uh, 2021, 22. uh, When I started coaching, I pretty much fell in love with coaching and said, I, there's no room to play anymore. I'm just going to focus everything on coaching. But when I was playing, I just gave everything to try and give myself an opportunity to be a pro. Um, That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to to train every day and play at a high level. Um, You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get there as a player, um, but blessing in disguise because you know I, I think I enjoy coaching more than I did playing. To be fair, uh, especially goalkeeping coaching because we have a lot of fun out there. Yeah. So moving over to coaching, I know so many former players who have said they are even more passionate about coaching and how they feel so incredibly lucky to come across that opportunity like that soccer you know their playing experience was so much fun and how they fell in love with the sport. But then coaching, it's like keeps giving you the the sport keeps giving you a gift and it's a whole nother career that you can have that you probably didn't even think of when you were you know 11 just you know picking up the sport for the first time yeah a hundred percent I um even when I first started coaching or getting into coaching I didn't think professional coaching or was a going to be a thing um so it is amazing what it can offer you and I'm blessed to be able to you know do what I do every day and love that I I do it, but also now I get to impact some some players and other people to try and, uh, you know, increase their love for the game. I love that. So what brought you to the U.S.? Uh, It was actually a a random message on WhatsApp one morning from uh, who was the coach of Gotham, um, Scott Parkinson. Uh, He's now coaching, still in the league. Um, But he called me. Uh, he'd, He'd had my resume passed over his desk and they needed a new goalkeeping coach and it was, uh, I suppose, a perfect storm of things going my way, right place, um, right time, and and um, the club wanted to give me an opportunity, and I couldn't turn turn that down. 
as a kid from Australia to, yeah. to work with some of the players that I've got the ability to work with now is just a dream come true, true for me personally. Um, and couldn't say no. Yeah, no. And so you, how long have you been in the New York area? So just about one, one and a half years now I've been here. Cool. Yeah, so I got here last February 22. Nice. So we, yeah. we we actually lived abroad for in Switzerland for seven years, and now we're back in the oh, wow. states. So we we got back two years ago. So uh, yeah, we're we're adjusting back to it. Elizabeth, right? She was little when we moved over, so she's uh, she's experiencing the U.S. and going to school yeah. and playing club soccer, and she's having a blast, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So good to hear. Yeah, I love it over here. It's it's um very different. I didn't expect I'd be over here, but it's a great experience and. I'm soaking up every minute. Cool. Um, so uh, this was the realization that I had the other day. Um, you know, I know, and I'm going to would love to pick your brain about this, um, but it's sometimes, at least in the U.S., it's challenging to find young female athletes to play goalkeeper, right? If you ask a lot of the coaches, high school coaches, youth coaches, right, it's really hard to find um, goalkeepers that or kids that want to play goalkeeper early on. But what I realized is when I was looking at a picture of my team from, I think we were U12, and we had won the State Cup in New York um, when we were 10 and when we were 12, and I was like, wow, like only a couple of us went on to play at the college level. What was it that made us so good? And then I realized we had a really good goalkeeper. And I was just curious, do you, have you, you know, working with players of different ages, do you get a sense for in the women's game why more younger players aren't interested in being a goalkeeper from the start? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it sort of speaks to what you said. Uh, you know, the and everything are given to the field players and, and the goalkeeping position is quite a misunderstood position. You think you just get shots at you all the time and, and that's it. But there's so much more to the role that, that goes sort of unnoticed and there's a lot of things and this is why I love the goalkeeping position is because there's a lot of skills that you learn by being a goalkeeper or in the position of a goalkeeper that actually help you with life um, in general um, you know and they help you with leadership they help you with social settings they help you in all of these um, different areas of life because you're practicing same sort of skills um, which is unique and I'm sure we'll talk about that soon but I think it comes from the misunderstanding of the position. You know, the importance of it is sort of undervalued. But, you know, I think that's changing. And I think it's changing pretty quickly as as people learn more about what goalkeeping is and, and the you know, the benefits of, of a goalkeeper and, and also the importance of having one. Because like you said, if you don't have a good goalkeeper, you know, you could be lost and, and there could be, uh, you know, your, your team might not be as successful as it could be if it had solid position at the back. Yeah, I mean, I have seen youth teams and high school teams, and I think their ability to win championships and win games really um, is dependent on if they have someone who's like really serious about being a goalkeeper and just loves it, right? You have to have somebody that really loves the position. And, you know, when we go to practice, all the kids love jumping in the goal to try to save penalty kicks. And I wish that they could, you know, I can tell they're having fun. And I think it's a really fun position. And I, you know, I hope that they're they're watching this World Cup and they're seeing all the amazing women out there that are playing goalkeeper and in the NWSL. And I hope uh, kids start to think about it as, you know, as a really cool position because it really is. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a unique position. And I think, uh, you know, as goalkeepers get a bit more 
um, I suppose, get more of the limelight and, and people understand the people behind the goalkeeper, I, I think you'll see a lot more, you know, interest in the position as well. The other thing could be the fact that, you know, sometimes it can be an isolating and lonely position. Sometimes you're not doing anything for a long period of time. And that can, especially at a younger age, might come across as boring. But there's always something you can take away from from the position. And even in the moments where you might not be physically active, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, practice of how you think and practice about reading the game that you can be doing that probably gets overlooked as well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's so, a yeah. gr- that's a great perspective and a great tip is that, you know, when you're back there, right? So when a t- your team is doing really well and you're a goalkeeper, sometimes you don't have a lot going on in the back. But it's a great opportunity, like you said, instead of being bored, it's an opportunity to really watch the game and learn from the game. And I think that's something that's still growing and developing, the opportunity to really watch the game. And you have the best seat in the house when you're the goalkeeper to really watch the game and see how you know, it's moving and what your defense needs to do, what your offense needs to do. Um, Yeah, that's a really good point. I've never thought of it that way. Um, I've often said like, oh, when your team is doing really well, that's hard because you don't have a lot going on. But yeah, it's a great opportunity to see what's happening. And then when your team isn't doing well, right, you're there, you are on the front line and you are ready and the game is super exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think it's really important that that the people understand the balance of all right. I might be taking all these shots, and you know I might be standing up and protecting my team. And you're you have certain um, skills that you'll use in those moments. But like you said, when the team's doing really well and they're attacking the other goal, there's also certain skills that you can learn. You know, in those moments, especially about leadership and communication, they're the big ones that come out when your team are attacking that's what you can work on because you might not be touching the ball or anything, but you can be practicing communicating leadership, where to look, how to prioritize all of these very um, unique skills that really are helpful. um, Not just on the, on the field, but in life. Um, That's what you can learn in those moments, as opposed to thinking that that's just a boring moment in time. And then obviously vice versa, when you're under the pump, you get to get to learn about how to, to deal with pressure and how to, to try and support your team and how to, to manage the game or manage the tempo of the game. It's, there's, yeah, there's so many things. I could go on for another four podcasts about that. So I find this view of goalkeepers as playing such an integral role in team success, even when they aren't saving the ball, so interesting. And it really brings two thoughts to mind. The first is this. I think what we are ultimately saying is that because of their unique position on the field, Goalkeepers can play such an important role in leading the team and actively communicating to help their teammates. So how do you encourage a young goalkeeper to step into this leadership role if it doesn't come naturally to them? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting you say that because I, I, I always had, uh, you know, parents and people come talk to me originally when I was especially coaching in Australia with the with younger players and they're like, oh, you know, this this goalkeeper, they don't really come out, they don't really yell or they don't really communicate very well and that's because they're probably quite shy or maybe an introvert, um, introverted person, which is, which is okay um, as the person. But once you cross the line as a goalkeeper, that's when you, you've got to believe and trust that you're, part of your role and part of your job as the goalie is, is to be able to see things that the players might not be able to see and then help them with communication and that's all you're trying to do is just help and support your team and I think when people understand that them speaking 
is just them trying to support and help their team, it makes it a little bit less daunting. And, and, you know, then you don't feel like you have to just say anything or speak for the sake of it. You're actually speaking with some sort of purpose behind it. And then the other thing is obviously people worry about how they might look or how they might sound because they're constantly talking or yelling. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because you might look silly sometimes. But once you remove that fear and, and you trust that you're there to help people and people are there to help you and you only have to do it for the period of time that the game is on and then you can... You know, you don't have to yell and control and organize everyone yeah. for your whole life. But for the game, it's 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 actually really helpful and really necessary because, you know, you've got a coach looking at the game from the side of the field, but you don't have anyone looking at the game communicating to you from behind. And that's the only person who can do it is the goalie. Um, and so I think when they understand that, they go, you know what, I will try and take steps to overcome any kind of fear or worry or, or, or fear of judgment or what someone's going to think about me because I'm yelling or communicating or that's not maybe what I'm used to. Uh, and then you can just start small by, by saying, you know, the name and then a little instruction. So check your left shoulder or check your right shoulder and, and start very small with something that will help someone directly. And then you'll progress over time and you'll get more and more comfortable to speak uh, in, the, in the games. Yeah, that's a great tip to just start really small with something little and just get your teammates used to hearing you calling from the back. I know as a player, like I always trusted my goalkeeper and one, I was so grateful that they were the one back there, right? So I was just grateful they were back there anyway, because I know I couldn't do it and I was just impressed with them. And then two, like anybody that could give me advice and be more eyes on the field for me, because I couldn't always see behind me or right, like you said, the coaches coming from the side like that's a great angle from the back so yeah that's a great tip so goalkeepers know that you can play an important part in your team's success by staying focused even when the ball is at the other end of the field and by stepping into a leadership role by using your unique position on the field to help your teammates see things that they may not be able to see from where they are on the field And especially when you are new to goalkeeping or even soccer, I know this can be scary even for the biggest extrovert. So maybe start with something small with some simple instructions like pointing out a forward that your defender might not have seen drift away um, and then build this type of leadership over time. And as you said before, working on focus, leadership, reading the game and communication are skills that will really benefit you in life in general. Now, my other question is about pressure. I was a striker and there's certainly pressure to score goals, but apart from maybe missing a penalty or an open goal, there wasn't the same level of pressure on me as I imagine goalkeepers feel, where if you make a mistake, the other team typically scores. Can you talk a little bit about that unique pressure felt by goalkeepers and any advice you might have for managing it? Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, when I played, this was something I, I struggled with. Not so much the pressure itself of the position, but if there was a mistake or the, the, if there was something that happened, even if it wasn't a mistake on my part, if a goal had gone in, I wasn't able to handle that and, and, and recenter myself. So the best thing you know, for a goalkeeper to understand is that you're going to concede goals and you're going to make mistakes. No matter what level you play, no matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what name you, you've got, that's going to happen. Um, and so what is really important is how quickly or what strategies do you have to move on from, from whatever's happened to focus on the present moment, which is what's your next, what's your next job, what's your next task, what's your next action. Um, and it might be, you know, it might be just simply communicating and looking and reinforcing. It might be making a big save, it might be 
you know, making a clearance. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you're thinking about, you know, something that's gone wrong or or a mistake that you've made or you're not able to be in the present present moment, you know, it's going to give you a, a, a difficult chance to, to get the outcome you want, which is going to make the feeling of pressure and everything a little bit more. So the biggest things that I would do is is realize that things are going to go wrong. And when they go wrong, what you need to do is recenter yourself. And the best way to do that uh, in the moment is probably by a couple of breathing, uh, like a couple of breaths. You can do six quick breaths. Um, you know, that would get the blood pressure back down, get your state back down and you can refocus and move on to the next one and, and to try not to get attached to attached to being perfect, trying to make every save or trying to get everything right, because that's it's very unlikely that that's going to happen. Yeah. And so what's the most important thing is not trying to be perfect, but trying to be present in the moment so that you're able to, to give your best self in that moment, as opposed to worrying about what might happen or what has happened. That makes a lot of sense. And I can, I can picture just when I think about the World Cup right now, I can picture games where, you know, goalkeepers maybe didn't make the best first save, but it was that being in the moment that allowed them to make that second save that made such a big difference. And we talk about a lot about mindset on this podcast, whether we're talking to players or sports psychologists. And we've talked a lot about box breathing and different types of breathing techniques that have helped. We've talked about watching professional games and noticing that they make mistakes just to build our confidence. And also, you know, just moving on to the next thing. And I think for, you know, any player, um, just, you know, accepting things happen it's not going to be the best all the time it's impossible I'm going to move on and I'm going to you know have a solid attitude about how I'm going to attack the next play yeah attitude is key so um one of the hardest things for a goalkeeper I think sometimes is the penalty shootout though I feel (laughs) like they are amazing like goalkeepers just do such an incredible job at shootouts because I think if you really think about what it is the field players are at an advantage. I mean, they're so close to the goal. If you actually had that opportunity in a game, you'd be like, okay, this is like 90%. But I would say the goalkeepers really do an excellent job. Why is that? Oh, look, there, there could be many, many reasons. I know <laughs> that there's lots of studies now. on. Uh, you know, We do a lot of work at the professional level to look at the opponents and look at any trends or you know, repeated things or actions or, that they do. That, that might mean they're going to go left over going right. Um, but sometimes it just comes down to, to, to you know, the goalkeeper's gut instinct or, or some strategies that they have themselves. Um, you know, uh, I had one when I played and it was just to be as present and as calm as I possibly could be okay. in the moment. Um, and then I would try and take any, like, little cues, maybe something from their run-up or their hips or where they put their foot but for me personally, I, I would just have an instinct um, of where I believe they would, would go and I would stick to that. Um, there's, there's, there's other strategies that you can do and, and I think that's, that comes with time as you learn about yourself as a player. Yeah. But, but generally, the biggest thing you could do is be as calm as you possibly can be um, and then wait and stand up as long as you possibly can so that you make it as difficult for the striker as possible. And you can try and, you know, there's little things that you can do like, you know, you can talk to them as they're putting the ball down. You can, you know, you can do some mind, play some mind games uh, with them as well, which I, you know, I don't mind that. But as you, as the individual, as you, as the goalkeeper, you can control being calm and you can control being present and 
um, ready to respond. And that's probably the best thing that you could do in that moment. I like that. I've heard a lot on this podcast about controlling the controllables and you can kind of control your own mindset and, you know, really engage in what is currently happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So another question I have, uh, what advice would you give to young girls who aspire to become the best goalkeepers or really just the best soccer players they can be? Anything is possible. That's the first thing I'd say. Um, So, you know, if you want to go and do something, have big dreams, dream big. Um, and then do what you can, like find a way to make it happen. Do whatever you can, do whatever it takes um, to do that thing that you love or that you're trying to achieve. You know, we, we once you decide that thing that you really are in love with or you want to try and invest this time into, yeah, anything is possible. The, the problem with people is that they, they either don't believe that anything is possible or what they want to achieve can be possible or they have too many things that they're focusing on and if you focus on too many things you really can't focus narrowly on on the one thing and i think that's and the one by the when i say the one thing i mean by trying to be the best player that you possibly can be and if that's what your aim is then believe that that is possible and then you know you go into things like make sure that you're looking after your body looking after your mind and and you know looking after the, you know, your nutrition, your sleep, and those things that you can control again that will help you be the best human you can be, that will also help you be the best player. Um, and then obviously listen to your coaches, listen to mum and dad, um, and and there will be people who will try and help you and make sure you let them help you and don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, there are a couple of things that I would definitely say, but the, the biggest thing is that know that you can, if you want to do something, you can do it. You've just got to find the way and you've got to have the belief and the will to do it. Uh, yeah, that's, sure. that's great advice for soccer. That's great advice for life. You know, if you have something that you want to do, ask the people in your lives that you know care about you for help, right? And, you know, get the, all the resources you can to support yourself and have a positive mindset, like you've said. And, you know, don't over, overwhelm yourself. You have time for growth. And, yeah, that is just such great advice. So I hope everyone was listening. Jot that one down. Take some notes. That will help you in your career, in school, with friendships, with any goals that you have. Take care of your body. Take care of your health, your nutrition, your sleep. That's really good advice. Um, So soccer, right? We all start playing because it's just fun, right? That's why, right, Elizabeth? That's why we started playing with your little little kid. That's why I started playing, just because it was fun. How do you um, encourage goalkeepers or players to incorporate fun into their training? Uh, well, I mean, I'm a massive advocate for if you don't have a smile on your face, like while you're doing it, why you're doing it. You know, it's very important to understand why you do anything uh, because otherwise you're probably wasting your time and energy that you could be putting it towards something that you do enjoy and do want to do. Um, so understanding your why and even now the the high the you know the top level sometimes you get caught in the day to day but when you step back and you remember why you do it why did i start playing this game it just it allows you to to relax and allows you to put a smile on your face and and when you have a smile on your face great things happen in terms of putting it into training um you know it's about creating an environment where we can have a laugh we can have a joke there's a time and a place for that you know obviously we try and design some exercises so that they're fun as well it's not all just you know grind grind Mm -hmm. grind it's 
you know, you've got to enjoy it and have a bit of freedom in there. But there are also with that, it balances out the time for work, um, the time to to push a little bit because um, that will always balance. And I think if you're able to balance that, it's it's key. You don't want to be pushing, 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 um, which a lot of people get caught up in and forget to smile. And if you do feel yourself forgetting to smile or forgetting to remember yeah essentially that's what you're doing you're forgetting to remember why you started because when you remember you started you'll smile yeah that's the key is if you if you are struggling you're forgetting just take a second and remember why you're doing what you're doing because you'll instantly remember the young you who kicks balls around with their friends and Mm -hmm. has a big smile on their face and there's no worries it's just all joy if you can bring that uh, which again is within your uh, control it's very very important yeah, I think that that's great advice. And I think if you're struggling with remembering why it was fun for you, you know, talk to the people that care about you. Talk to your friends about why you guys love soccer. Maybe play a little street soccer, some something that's a little ca- more casual. Go to the park, you know, kick the ball around, uh, play a little World Cup. or so. What was that game you played in Switzerland all the time? What was that shooting game? Baby or something? Yeah. Baby? I don't know what it is, but that was that that wasn't around. I don't know if do they play it here in the U.S. or is that just in Switzerland? I have absolutely no clue. I think it was kind of a stupid game. But. <laughs> could, they would play it for like four hours. So, um, okay, so we have some. Fun, I have a fun question. I know Elizabeth has a question, and then we have a question from a youth player, and then we will wrap it up. So, my fun question is: What is something that is surprisingly similar in New York to where you compared to where you grew up? And what is something that is really different that you miss? Um, okay, so the similar thing would be actually uh, the heat. Summer here is quite hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be so hot in sort of New York, New Jersey. Um, yeah. And where I'm from in Brisbane, Australia, the summers are also quite hot. So that's uh, that's been something that I was surprised you about. You get both in New York. Yeah. I'm from well, New yeah. York originally. There's, there's my flip side. So, so yeah, you get both. <laughs> the cold. The yeah. cold is just like... You know, I I'd, I'd barely seen snow before I came over here, and and now half the year is in in snow and and boots and and four layers of clothing, and it's just that's crazy to me. Um, so I uh, I guess I, I miss being able to wear shirt and t shirt and yeah. shorts all year round, um, uh, as well as my friends and family. But other than that, yeah, yeah, the, I the always, winter was what got, got me. Yeah, it gets you right. I always feel for the goalkeepers. Um, in like yeah in the cold like November especially because you're just not ready for it yet and then it's so cold and they're like in the back and if it's like not an active game they do have the gloves on but they got to keep their hands warm right because they have to use them and I was always like ooh, that is that is pretty brutal to be a goalkeeper back there you know at least the the players are like running the whole game yeah, I don't, I don't know how they do it. You know, since coming here, I've, I've learned about the like the hand warmers you can put inside your gloves oh, yeah, and yeah. inside mm-hmm. your in, and the feet warmers. These things are all so foreign to me. I've never yes. had heating devices you put in your gloves before. But yeah, I I, um, I don't feel. Yeah, uh, I feel sorry for the keepers on those days. That's yeah, for yeah. sure. When I it's could, ice cold, <laughs> I could skip the winter too. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I love, I love the the cold weather. Um, I'm yeah. I'm learning to embrace the experience as a soccer mom now, who's just sitting <laughs> on the sideline, you know, figuring out how many layers of clothes and how many warmers I need. So, all right, Liz- Elizabeth, uh, what's your question? So, you being a 
Goalkeeper coach, do you have any like advice on strikers to score more goals or? Oh, Ooh, she's a, a striker. Great, great so. question. <laughs> she wants the inside. Well, chat. this is this is funny. So I think some people like forget that goalkeeping coaches spend most of our time shooting at goal. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I've I've learned that if you can see your shooting as another pass, and you also remember you don't have to kick it as hard as you think you do, I think you'll realize you'll score more goals than uh, than than maybe you have been if you mm. are trying to shoot too hard or shoot shoot too perfectly. Because oh, trust it. me, there are days where I score goals and I'm like, oh, it's gone in against a very, very good goalkeeper and, you know, I didn't kick it as hard as I thought and you know, I just treated it like a pass and oh, it went in. But it's quite often when you get uh, caught up in the moment trying to beat defender and trying to kick it past the goalkeeper, you're doing probably a little bit too much. So keep it as a pass and don't kick it as hard as you think you need to. That is great advice. Treat it like a pass. I hadn't heard that one before. I love that. Um, Okay, so we have Sailor. She is from New York, Long Island, New York, and she has a question for you. She's a goalkeeper. How do you mentally recover quickly during a match when you concede a tough goal that you feel like you could have saved to ensure it doesn't affect your performance for the remainder of the match? Oh, that's a great question. That's... um... That kind of goes off what we were speaking about before. So, you know, when when a goal goes in um, and you want to be able to regain the focus, obviously the practice or the understanding or awareness of the fact that goals are going to go in and we don't need to spend all of our energy attaching to, like, you know, the shutout or the clean sheet, but we should try and spend our energy on being present in the moment that's in front of you. Um, that's the key. Um, and then to do that, I, I still believe in you could have some kind of a reset uh, or a, a cue. It could be breathing. It could be the box breathing. It could be the six breaths. It could be playing with a wrist strap. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be having a drink of water. But have, having something where after you do it, uh, like you have a drink of water or you, do, you, you, know, you, to, you open and close your wrist strap on your glove, once you do it, the moment's gone and you're able to focus on the next thing would be the key. Um, but obviously, physiologically, the best one to do is probably the breathing because it also helps your, your, your center, your nervous system, your blood pressure and everything like that, which will then help you manage and gather your thoughts again. Um, and then you can go off, off there. But uh, at the end of the day, any routine that you can find that will just allow you to go, you know what, I will look at this later after the match, maybe with the use of video and look at it objectively and see if I could have done anything better. But right now, it's not the time to think about it. Right now is the time to think about my next job. How can I help my team? What can I say to, to support my team and, and um, pump them up? And how can I make sure that my next action is as best as it can be, which to do that, you want to be as present and as focused as possible. That's great. Um, we actually, in uh, you know the mental health field, we call that anchoring. Um, and it's like, yeah. And it's like having, you know, a physical thing that you do and it could be breath, but it also could be like touching the emblem on your Jersey or Mm -hmm. pinching your, your finger together. I do see goalkeepers adjusting their gloves a lot of times and it's just like a reset. And if you practice it, um, over time and, and oftentimes it's like, you start by picturing something like a really good moment, like a really good save or just like a really good moment that you had. And you say, even though that didn't work out, 
I am still, you know, an excellent keeper or I'm still yeah. here and taking a couple deep breaths, doing your anchor movement. And then if you practice that in practice and you practice that, you know, we do this with like academic tests in school. We do this with different, you know, if you're feeling anxiety about something, mm-hmm. it's finding anchor for yourself and it, it eventually your body just will do it faster and faster and you'll be able yep. to kind of reset your, it's your nervous system system, which is kind of like how your brain and your whole body connects to each other. So that, you know, that's great advice. I love that. I want, I think everybody should practice that. Maybe we'll work on that tomorrow, Elizabeth. Um, Okay. So my last question for you is what advice would you give your younger self? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. What advice would I give my younger self? I would probably stick with the theme of being able to, if something goes wrong or something doesn't go the way that I like it, to to, to find an anchor and, and let go and move on and try and get back to the present moment and focus on what's ahead or what's in, in the now or what's ahead. Um, that would be what I would do because I would get attached to trying to be perfect and mm-hmm. it, would, it, would, it would waste time um, and it would waste energy. And when you learn that, you, you realize that being an excellent goalkeeper or excellent at, you know, just having excellent standards is – not about achieving or getting the outcomes as such. It's about having an excellent process. And an excellent process is having things like having an anchor, having the ability to recenter, having the ability to, to, to calm back down or, or smile when, when things could be going tough. That's an excellent process because it allows you to, to, to continue growing. Um, which I think is the most important because growth is over time um, and growth is quite often not just linear. It's, yeah. it's up and down and up and down and up and down. And I think the more that we remember that, which is quite hard to do, the more we remember that, the um, you know the better experience we can have. And that's probably what I'd tell my younger self. Yeah, I think as adults, we can look back and say life is swervy. I always say life is swervy. It's not linear. Sometimes hard when you're a kid because you're growing in a linear way. You're doing grades in a linear way you know but really as an adult we can see that life is life is swervy and if you can be in the moment and enjoy the experience and remember you know why you're doing the things you do and it's for fun and it's for growth and it's for experience then um then you'll just enjoy the opportunity and it won't always go perfectly but it will um it'll be fine exactly and i think that's kind of perfect Thank you so much for your time. We will be. Um, I really appreciate it. We'll be watching you guys with the NWSL, and of course, um, super excited for Australia in um, making it to the next stage of their own World Cup. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. It's been uh, it's a real honor. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, if you like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting shedreamsandgoals.com. Follow us on Instagram at shedreamsandgoals. And most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. 
She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.